everybody. Welcome back to Cover B. Welcome to Cover B. We got some key issues. It's a key issue. <laughs> yeah, so today we're going to be talking about, I don't, you know, a lot of people have probably heard about it um, by now. It's kind of been floating around for the past, like, month or so. Um, some people might not know what it is or haven't heard about it, but we're going to be talking about Substack. Yes. And kind of the the current migration of some really prominent uh, comic book creators to the Substack service. So uh, not so much, you know, we're not going to take the direction that some news reporting sites are doing where we're making a definitive, this is good or bad kind of, but we'll discuss our own personal opinions. Yeah. On, but mainly we just wanted people to kind of have an idea of what this is and what this means for comics going forward. So, we want to inform uh, you. So I guess the question <laughs> right off the bat is what is Substack? Substack is a startup company a tech company that recently started getting on board a lot of journalists and writers and fiction writers and things like that uh wherein they can run their own sort of digital public publishing service it's a yes. newsletter service uh so basically you pay a monthly subscription that's decided by the creator substack keeps a portion of that the creator gets the rest there's no editors they're entirely in control of whatever they want to write yep. however they want to write it um I'm sure Substack has some sort of like community guidelines. I'm sure you just can't get on there and start drumming up hate rags, but we'll get to that. Um, like I said, I, I believe it really, the advent of it was for journalists, mm -hmm. either journalists just looking for a new place to kind of publish their stuff or just tired of the kind of like grind of dealing with editors and wanting to do more than just like open a blog and then like hash into like ad revenue and stuff. Um, it gave them the ability to actually do a publication and do like a subscription service. Uh, in a way, it's kind of like Patreon, just it's more uh, of a direct kind of creation service as opposed to Patreon where you decide, you can kind of decide what the the gifts out to people are. Um, and first for reference, this Substack isn't particularly new per se. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's been around since the end of 2017. Correct. Yeah, it's not a brand new thing. and uh, It's new-ish in the grand scheme of, you know, online but yeah it's true, true. it's not a brand new thing it's just only recently it's really kind of dripped into the comic book zone yes with some more high profile type of things kind of coming up um that said what comic creators are going to substack james tinian uh is one of the bigger announcements that happened recently he's got a book called blue book that is coming out uh through this service uh, which is he's doing with Michael Avon Oming. Uh, Jonathan Hickman uh, has announced his Three Worlds, Three Moons comic, 3W3M, that he is doing. You also have got Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman are running through KLC Press. Scott Snyder, uh, I believe Bendis has some things going on. Saladin Ahmed, Molly Knox, Ostertag, Chip Zdarsky, as well as plenty of others kind of uh, hopping on and reviving older uh older comics and coming up with new ip and stuff like that um typically they all vary in what you get for the subscription services they all a lot of the ones i looked at at least have usually like three tiers you get one tier where you pay monthly one tier where you pay for the year and then you get like a special tier um obviously you get the comics themselves for all tiers done in a newsletter as well as updates and kind of just newsletter jargon <laughs> you know just <laughs> newsletter stuff like hey here's i play with my cat um 
as you go up in tiers, you get things like meetups where you get to actually talk with the creators. You get things like exclusive covers, uh, early access to merchandise and books and things like that. Um, so it does feel very Patreon in a way. It feels yeah. very like this isn't something it's not necessarily a program that's new. The biggest difference is that it's the actual platform by which these things are being published. Mm -hmm. So as opposed to Patreon, where you're supporting the person to then go and create stuff, which they'll then publish through a publishing house, you know, image or boom or someplace like that. Um, you know, Patreon's more, you're supporting the person's livelihood. You're supporting them working. This is, you're actually getting the product yeah. from these people. Um, there's some controversy around Substack. Um, obviously, the one that we're going to talk a lot of is that there has been a bit of a discourse surrounding the service as like, anytime there's a new digital service that right. pops up for comics, people start lamenting the end of comics. So this is the end of comic book stores. The physical medium is going to die, et cetera, et cetera. There might be truth in that. There might not. We'll get to that. We'll cover that next. Um, the other kind of controversy around Substack is being that it is a place that's, you know, it, it's not a publishing house. It's not a rigorously controlled editorial place. It is a content creation zone. It's like YouTube. Right. You know, compared to getting on a TV channel wherein you have higher ups who tell you like, this is okay. This is not okay. This is what we stand for. You know, working for like Disney or something. Right. This is our code of ethics. This is what we stand for. YouTube if you did videos out on there, has a content guideline. You know, you can't do very aggressive things, very hateful things. But for the most part, your own personal opinions don't play into whether or not you can make stuff on YouTube. Yeah, you're you not considered still, an employee you know, or affiliated yeah. with. If you still, if you want to make videos about QAnon, you can. If you want to make videos lamenting the vaccine you can like it's a platform for that right it's it's you know they're not going to stop you from making misinformation videos bigoted videos uh slightly hate fueled videos as long as you're not aggressively hate mongering or aggressively offensive you know what i mean and you'll get reported like, and then they'll stuff. analyze it so you might get your videos taken down but you know at the end of the day you're not necessarily barred from getting on YouTube and making a sexist video. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, this very much is the same way. Because of that, there are some controversial characters on uh, Substack. And I think it was uh, Jude Doyle was either the first or at least one of the more vocal uh, writers on Substack to bail jump ship from Substack right. because of the nature of people that they're having on. Uh, a lot of people are lamenting the transphobic, misogynistic xenophobic type nature of a lot of the people on uh, a handful of people not a lot of people but a handful of people on Substack and people that are making tons and tons of money um, Glenn Greenwald Matt Iglesias Graham Linehan are some of the examples of that one of the big issues with this and this is uh where the comics creators also kind of come in because a lot of them are getting pulled over because of this program is that Substack actually has a program where they'll pay writers up front, higher profile writers get paid up front instead of just making the fees off of their 
their subscriptions. And it's big quantities. It's big money. I think the six figure. Quantities. Yeah, I think it was like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Somebody got. Yeah. And they ended up they ended up being kind of sad about it because they were like. Because you take the upfront money, but then you take less on fees for like a year. Yeah, effectively, so. they they you get the upfront money, and then on subscriptions, you only take 15%, whereas the standard behavior is that you don't get any money upfront, but you, you get 90%, whereas Substack only takes 10% of the subscription fees. So it's kind of mm-hmm. like a give and take. So if you would make more on just regular subscriptions, then... You kind of want to like not do pro, but if you want the money up front, yeah. then you kind of hurt a little bit. And so, forward. you know, a handful of the comic creators, I want to say Tinian was one, but I don't honestly know specifically which ones were brought over with that program and which ones I can imagine. Probably a lot of the higher profile probably ones, most. but who knows? Um, but a handful of these people that are, you know, People are considering controversial because of their stances. You know, Graham Linehan, for instance, got banned from Twitter for right. some fairly transphobic rants on there. Um, but he's making money on Substack. And, you know, a handful of these individuals got that 250, literally got scouted by Substack to come be on their platform to drum up sales. Um, so there's there's controversy there for that. And a lot of people are, you know crying out to Substack itself or to the creators that are going over there and telling them, how dare you, you know, work with these individuals. But uh, the truth of the matter is, is that the comic creators, a lot of their feedback on the service has been praising the freedom that it gives them. You know, a lot of the reason that they've been going over to it is because they no longer have to kowtow to the editorial pressure from places like Image, the big big superhero boys like marvel and dc they get to do what they want and they at the end of the day get more off the top from their creations versus going through one of these publishing houses there's also something to be said about the actual money that people can make on substack compared to what these writers and and creators and artists Mm -hmm. would be making on working with marvel or working with dc you know um sophie campbell a trans yeah. comic creator actually just signed yeah. got with pro and she actively came out and said, she's like, I've heard some of the controversy, but they wanted to, they're giving me heaps of money. I think she actually said the word heaps of money to create. And I need that. I want to be able to, to make my stuff. Yeah. I mean, what's the, what's the standard percentage, right? What is uh, the standard percentage? If you don't go pro, uh, yeah, this, if you're just like yeah, normal, they you get the ninety percent. They only take ten percent of your you of yeah. your subscriptions. And, and I so like for instance, the uh, I think it was it was either Kate's or it was Tinny, and one of them had like an eighty dollar a year. So you pay eighty dollars and you get a subscription for a whole year. Yeah, it's like eight dollars normally for a month, but that means you know they're getting. So if somebody pays eighty dollars, they're getting seventy two dollars off of that. You know, if it's Tinny, and we can look at. Uh, Something is Killing the Children, for instance, which, you know, had what, like a print run of like 15,000 during its like lower times or something. Um, So, I mean, let's say that even if they just get 10,000 people on that sub, they just made 72 or $720,000. Yeah. You know. And like there was a there was a discussion that was had. I saw an article that was talking about how artists and writers don't make very much. From when they're working with Marvel in DC, um, someone came out and said they were working with Marvel, and 
they're an artist and they were getting $170 per page. It takes six to eight hours to make a page of art. And so they were literally making like 20 bucks an hour. (laughs) And it's like, and then you find out that all of these characters that you are creating for these big IPs, they go on to be made into movies. um, And, and you get effectively nothing, but like, a nod. I mean, I think I recently heard that it was Brubaker that made Winter Soldier, and he got like nothing for when they put him in the movies and everything. He barely gets a hat tip. Yeah. In in the thing, and I I heard too that um the kind of rule of thumb is that if your character gets turned into a movie, you get five grand. The amount of money these movies make, and you get here's five thousand dollars. Thanks. Thanks for your IP. Yeah. And but if Hush they make money. a yeah, if they make a creator owned property mm-hmm. that they put out on Substack and Netflix is like, hey, that got really hot. We should make that. They get all of it. Yeah. <laughs> they get everything. And it you know, it also it just allows the creators to create what they want. Yeah. They don't have to have anybody saying, like, I don't know if it's sellable. I don't know if that's the story that needs to be told. I don't know if that's a relatable character. They can do whatever, yeah. you know, and they're at the whims of how many subscriptions they have come in. If they create a new book and their subscriptions tank, then they can go, hmm. and, you know, it's like being a streamer or being a YouTube content creator. If yep. your views dip, you go, okay. Being a podcaster. Yep. If your downloads dip, you go, okay, let's try something different. Let's exactly. move and evolve. You know, it's true. But. Having control is a huge deal. I mean, Leah Williams came out and was talking about how her one of her first real experiences realizing how much out of control she was of the property she was making for Marvel. She got told, OK, we want you to work on this crossover event. So we need you to immediately end the book that you're working on. So she goes to immediately end it. Well, in this last issue of this book that they put out, she had no like like the last two pages she didn't even write they were Mm -hmm. put in afterwards by editorial and she doesn't know about that until it's in the printed pages and she's finding out about it at the same time as everybody else so it's kind of interesting that like not only do you not have a lot of control from like oh editorial and like what you can factor 10 yeah what it did Yeah. yeah yeah and so it's like she doesn't even get to have a full say on everything that's in the book and that is a lot like that's more than the lack of control we even think of when we think like oh they're not allowed to use this character in this way or oh they're not allowed to you know break the box too much like sometimes they don't even get to write the whole book (laughs) Mm -hmm. and that's intense you know yeah so here we have high profile writers some of the hottest creators out right now um not jumping ship from other things uh but coming to this digital service, a service that is going to focus primarily on giving people new comics in a regular fashion into their inbox, while some are also supporting the idea of doing exclusive printed comics for Substack, similar to what you would have at like a Kickstarter exclusive or something where the artists themselves or the team themselves can go to a printer and say, hey, we want to print this with the money that we've made off of these subscriptions. Here's your money print these it comes to you a lot of collectors are appeal like that appeals to a lot of collectors these yeah. like sort of limited run covers from these books there's also not a lot of word on 
how many of these books will pop up at other publishing houses, if any. Right. Um, I looked for a while to see if there were any statements and, you know, by all means, if there are creators that are talking about, you know, if uh, Tinian or Hickman or Cates or any of those guys are bringing their books from, oh, Scotty Young's another one. Yes. I think he's doing another, like a revival of I Hate Fairyland or yes. something. Um, but uh, if any of these guys are planning on publishing their books also through image and stuff like that, let me know. Cause I'm curious which ones will. Um, but I feel like that's also, it's unlikely because then you, you hurt the exclusivity of the subscription program. You know, the benefit to having a digital comic emailed to you every time is that that's the only way you get, you know, why am I going to pay $8 a month to get this book monthly? If eventually you're going to release it through image for, four dollars a month you know it'd be interesting too to see if they do it in the way of like this is going to be a generic cover coming release through image because i know there's at least one comic creator that was doing it parallel there but putting out you know i'm going to put out the generic one through image but then my Substack subscribers will get you know the fancy cover that's only going to have like a limited yeah and i mean that's definitely something that they'll do i mean companies comic creators do that all the time especially through kickstarter yeah they'll be like these are the kickstarter exclusives and then you'll see it pop up on you know through whatever publishing house later and it'll have a certain amount of covers some of which might have been available on kickstarter as like the normal cover right then those special ones aren't available so it's it's a reasonable program to do but how much can you latch people into this monthly subscription if the only real benefit that they get out of it is the exclusive covers so are they just doing this to feed into and i don't know if everyone's doing the exclusive cover thing i don't know if that's a across the board kind of thing right i just saw that kate's did it i think chip does it i think uh uh tinian is doing it i don't even know if hickman's doing it i didn't actually look at his i just read an article about his but right um you know how many people are doing the exclusive covers thing and then is that the only market that you're trying to draw into your comic is just the covers people not everybody wants comics for covers not everybody wants comics to be able to have something collectible or flip some people just want to read the books hopefully it's you so is that yeah (laughs) so is that dear listener (laughs) is that who we're now catering the market to right it's just these covers people so it's you know it'll be interesting to see how it meshes with the regular industry. Like, are we? It's not uncommon. I mean, there was the Brian K. Vaughn book that came out uh, not too long ago. That was an online book that got published in a hardcover. You know, there's, there's. It's not uncommon for web comics to eventually get published as graphic novels. So is that going to be the way? Uh, more Olympus. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to do you know so many months of Jonathan Hickman's three W three M? And then, you know, he'll have a $40 compendium come out through image or right. something, you know, like, is that how it's going to be published? Or are these things ever going to see a physical form, you know? Um, and that all boils into the big question that a lot of people have right now is, does this spell the end for comics? Does this spell the end for the physical medium? Personally, at least not right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. It's uh so I I always say this to people um when I talk about like Marvel and DC and I say it about, you know, I had a discussion with somebody recently about it on the same topic basically with Magic, Magic the Gathering. Um if the companies knew they could go 100% digital 
and keep their profits at least close to what they see now, they 100% would. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Hundred. The biggest thing keeping DC and Marvel from going 100% digital right now is that they can't guarantee the other one will. Yeah. Because the second they go 100% digital, they piss off everyone who prefers the physical medium, all the collectors, yep. things like that. Um, it just sends a rocket through the industry. And, it, you know, then they wouldn't ever do it overnight. It would be like a slow crawl. Like, we're cutting back our printing base, and then we're printing digital exclusive comics and stuff like that. Right. But say one day Marvel was like, nope, no more. You know, October is the last month we're doing physical Line comics. In the we're sand releasing <laughs> We're releasing the new app, Marvel Genie, and it's going to be <laughs> where all of your comics are from now on. All digital. Get over it. Um if they did that, that would give DC and all the other comic book companies not even, you know, they're not even just worried about DC anymore because Image has a good portion of the market share. Boom's portion of the market share has exploded over the last few years. IDW is like, pretty Even the last year. IDW has some really good IPs that keep fans coming back. Um, Dynamite has boobs. Um <laughs> So, you know, there's this other appeal. Um, but, yeah, you know, it gives those companies the ability to go, hey, guys who love physical medium, remember who loves you and really, like, hammer into that. Yeah. And pull sales away from them. But if DC and Marvel could guarantee that the other one would do the, exa the exact same thing, say they meet in a back alley and they're, like, in trench coats and they, like, pass each other notes and... It, both notes happen to say the same thing top line says we're going 100 percent digital are you check one yes no maybe and then the bottom line says do you like me are you single yes no maybe <laughs> um <laughs> if they had that kind of communication or that kind of a sure thing hell yeah they'd be 100 yeah. percent digital oh, the yeah. physical medium is admittedly an expense if they could guarantee that they'd get the same sales or the same amount of profit off of digital it's less overhead. You don't have to deal with printers. You know, you can, the art is tweakable. So if you have a controversial thing, like in X-Men Gold, you don't have to do a full recall. You just edit out that panel. Yeah. You know, like, no more storage, no more shipping, no more storage, no more shipping. It would kill every comic book store, but they don't care. They don't care. <laughs> and that's, the way they behave now that's already the shows. thing to remember is that these companies do not care about protecting comic book stores they not do not care all. about and the pandemic should have shown you this they do not care about protecting comic book stores they do not care about keeping fans safe happy uh looking at you DC. connected uh <clears throat> they 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 do not care they will tell you that they care they and you lies. might you might say oh chris that's very nihilistic that's very that's very negative and you know drastic way to look at the world it's how it is i'm sorry it trudeau <laughs> Disney doesn't care about your feelings. Nope. Amazon doesn't care about your feelings. Nope. Walmart doesn't care about your feelings. Nope. Companies don't care about you. They do not. They care about the dollar sign. They care about getting a new jet. They care about that kind of stuff. The only one that cares about you is Google, and that's only because they understand so much about you at this point that the AI is yeah. going to wake up soon. They're like, hey, how's your mom? <laughs> You're like, Google. <laughs> <laughs> Who let you in? Um, I've always been here. But yeah, so... But, you know, does this mean a bunch of big creators are going to this digital platform? A bunch of big creators are talking about how 
good it is to be free of editorial and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Does this mean that the physical medium is dying? No, I think the physical medium still can hold on. And the transition of comic creators to Substack is still fairly new. It's been going on for a while. It's only recently kind of started to get a lot of news hype. Um, but it's still new. It's still fresh. Yeah. You know, so there's no telling how long it will last or if it will be. And there's not even any telling if the creators themselves will fully pull out. Just like you and me, dear listener, creators have different opinions on things. There might yep. be plenty of comic book creators that really don't care if there's a physical medium. They just want to create. Or comic creators that see digital as a brave new future and a brave new horizon and are going to just pull all their stuff to digital. Yep. But there's going to be other creators that see comics as a roots in the physical medium and are going to want to stick to that. Absolutely. And so there will be a war there for a while. The reason I bring up Marvel and DC going fully digital is I think the thing to truly be worried about is that if it does work for them and if it does get tons and tons of people on there, it wouldn't be surprising to me for DC and Marvel to look at Substack and say, we could create something like that and begin the process. Yeah. But as a process, it would take a long, long time to get to that point. I agree. You know? Like I said early on, like every time something like this comes, it, it happened all the way back when Marvel Unlimited came out and yeah. they were putting all their like backlog of comics and it was like a one month or two month or something delay on new comics, but they were putting everything up and you'd hear people all the time like, oh, you know, so many people just prefer digital. Like, I don't understand it. I prefer, but you know, oh, the physical medium is going to die because of this. And it's like. It didn't. Not really. And it, and it didn't. And it's... You know, people are worried about a third party coming in with Substack, but Kickstarter and Patreon have both been doing similar things to this for a really long time. Think of how many comic mm -hmm. creators we have talked about. Hell, how many character content creators create on Kickstarter that we've interviewed on this program? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, they're... Kickstarter and, and creators finding other avenues to create is not something new. No. So this isn't to say that Substack couldn't completely change the the face of comics, but I would be hard-pressed to believe it's going to be a, like, immediate upheaval and, yeah, and stunning exactly. surprise shake-up. So it's, I guess that's, that's the message from Uncle Chris is, <laughs> you know... Don't give in to the sensationalization of like, wow, all these big names are going over there. This is the rise of digital. It very much might be the rise of digital. And we might be approaching a new age of comics where you have to get some comics from the store and some comics emailed directly to you. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a bummer because I like a lot of these creators, but I don't really want to dish out $8 to each one for these comics. You know what I mean? Yeah. And for a bunch of, I don't personally, me, I'm not really into like meetups with creators and like here's a newsletter of what my thought process is i just i'm not into that kind of stuff a lot of people are a lot of people are fans of the creators themselves they like the creators as people they want to hear what the creators thinking about these things it doesn't really appeal to me i just kind of want the comic right i think going forward for substack creators you know there should be tiers that include people that kind of just want the content you know what i mean like I here's the content i'm gonna chop a little bit off even if you don't want to make it that much off, like if it's an $8 a month thing, give me a $6 a month thing. Right. Let me make that choice on my own. But who knows? Um, it's up to them to kind of decide the thing. But 
you know, we might be at, like I said, a dawn of an age of a new digital format for comics. And right. we'll probably see if Substack does really, really well. We'll probably see either other current comic companies or new tech companies kind of dive in and try to make their own thing work. Right. You know, the same thing happened with OnlyFans. OnlyFans kicked up and then you had a bunch of other similar just for fans and things like that kick up kind of around the same time, you know? Right. And some of them stayed, some of them didn't. And I mean, there's even discussion now that both Twitter and Facebook have their eyes on Substack and are starting yeah. to generate, um, you know, programs or, or features that are like this, you know, independent newsletter style yeah. publication format so it's possible that maybe eventually your favorite creators make it stuff on facebook like you don't know yeah, I mean, it, it's entirely possible that's you know again that's the same thing when twitch rose up as this like king of game streaming youtube kicked off their streaming service allowing yep. people to do live streams on youtube and Facebook kicked off gaming streaming and really yep. started like putting in it happens. It happens this way. So I don't think this is the last Substack like thing that we'll see. No. You know, no and just to make the clarification, I know a lot of people that I've talked to are like, you know, we've had Kickstarter and Patreon forever, but it's Substack's a little bit different. And I'll put it in perspective of you can think of it like a triangle. And Substack, Kickstarter, and Patreon all exist kind of on that triangle. Okay. Um, for Patreon, well, we'll start for Kickstarter. You're funding a project. You're funding a specific thing for this person to do. Right. They then take that money from, you're an investor in that project. Right. And so they then take that money and they go produce that project through the standard means. Right. For Patreon, you're supporting that person. You're giving right. them a livelihood and they're, you know, in turns giving you things for, as a thank you. So that they can produce things and then go out to other companies and even places like Kickstarter to make the actual product. Right. And then on Substack, you're supporting their work. So you're actually getting their work. You're getting the final product. So whereas Kickstarter, you're kind of investing in one idea. In Patreon, you're investing in... The person. Kind of their future and that person. In Substack, you're investing in... a. You're not investing as much as just... You're buying. Purchasing a final product. Right. And it's kind of, they're all on the same spectrum and they're very similar, but it's different because of, you know, if somebody gets something passed on Kickstarter, they still have to go to somebody willing to print it. Right. You know, they still, there are plenty of Kickstarters where they just do short printed things and fine, but it's an individual product kind of thing. Right. Individual project. For Patreon, you're not so much supporting the actual projects as the whole scope of this person's working life. Got it. And then Substack, you're basically committing to purchase all the final products that this person wants to put out. You know, It makes sense. It's reasonable that anybody on Substack could go through all three to produce products and just make bank. But, um, <laughs> Which I'm sure they will. <laughs> they are different in a lot of ways because Substack itself is the actual publishing of this yes. thing. Um, for me personally, I think it's great. I like seeing creators get more and have more control agreed i think if it is a shock to the system it's a necessary shock that oh, absolutely you know if we do have creators pulling out of doing physical stuff that's something that the companies need to look at and say how do we treat creators better how do we be better at creators yeah. you know um why 
why are so many people leaving? You know, it's it's like the whole thing going on in the world right now. Like, nobody wants to work at Wendy's. Shouldn't Wendy's think about what that means? Yep. You know what I mean? Like, yep. isn't, isn't that less a let's blame the workers problem and more a maybe Wendy's should try to think of ways to incentivize workers? Absolutely. You know? And nothing against Wendy's. It was just a random reference. But Insert um, fast food yeah, exactly. here. <laughs> it's, I feel like, you know, if that shock to the system does happen, it's a necessary shock. If a bunch of people start canceling projects and not doing stuff with Image and not doing stuff with Boom and not doing stuff with Marvel and not doing stuff with DC and big name people and they can't find anybody to... I think you're going to see... The companies, particularly Marvel, Marvel tends to be more aware of like name recognition than a lot of the other companies. Yeah. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of the companies, if that does happen, start scrambling for newbies, being like, hot new artist, this person, and stuff <laughs> like that. Um, but what needs to happen is they need to take a look at it and go, okay, why? Why does no one want to work with us? Yeah. Why do they prefer to publish solo and do these subscription services? and not work with us is our editorial too rigid do we overproduce do we underpay you know what i mean like what sort of things are is driving these the people into the arms of literally a medium competition as opposed to just another company right um so i don't know i i see it as a good thing i'm all about creators getting paid what they see fit i don't know if i'm and this is to you Listener, I don't know if I'm really going to go in on many, if any. Um, it's it's kind of like all the streaming services out there right now. Like, I don't have the ability to pay every creator I like this much money a month yeah. to get comics. But then I also have to go and get the regular comics. So you might not hear about much of those on here. Right. If we do ever experience any of them, we'll definitely let you guys know. We'll do oh, yeah. reviews about them. Um, I'm interested in the James Tinian one because I love Tinian. Um but I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to go in on this. I have to look at what it's worth for going in. But I mean, Team Chips Ahoy. It's, yeah. It's whole. <laughs> it's tough. It's a, it's a tough decision. So uh, what do you think, T? Where do you think this leads for comics? I hope it leads to worker rights. <laughs> it's, all, yeah. it's all I can think about is that, you know, I, I want people who make art who do good things who make these big companies all this money i want them to have the money they deserve you know yeah. like that that note about brubaker not making any money from winter soldier just boiled my blood like yeah i think he has gone on record to say he's made more off of his cameo in the falcon winter Sol or uh captain america winter soldier movie than he did on actually creating the character it's just it's messed up <laughs> yeah. to me i think i think the representation the representation and the value that is given to the writers and artists and creators is not enough i just yes. feel like it's not enough and yes. i i find 100%. it interesting because you know there's not there's no way you can argue with me and tell me that you know bendis didn't leave marvel to go to dc almost immediately following Jessica Jones TV show and, and into the spider verse and all of these yeah. things there, you can't tell me those things are not somehow related. Yeah, and I then all of a sudden, all this stuff from Bendis kind of disappears on DC and now he's thinking about a sub stack and it's like, yeah, you're, 
Look at what you're doing to your writers, and these are the names of writers who are making you all of the money that you have. Like, yeah, it's 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 a funny system that we have in the the very corporate world where it's like the corporations will do whatever it takes to cut costs and make money, but the second the worker starts to say, "I can make more money doing this," suddenly it becomes that worker's problem. Like, why are you so lazy? You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, you don't want to deal with editorial staff? Just write better and yeah. stuff like that. You know, it's like there's this this odd capitalist thing we do where we just want to blame the workers yeah. for stuff. We want to blame the labor. We want to say like, oh, you don't want to work at Walmart for peanuts? The hell is wrong with you? Oh, you lost your job during the pandemic and went and learned a trade? In your free time that you had while you weren't getting paid to work. And now you're doing that because it makes you more money. Well, what about your previous employer? Yeah. You're just going to leave them high and dry yeah, like this? exactly. Like, we owe them something. It's like, no! You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I've had conversations with people about Marvel gutting people on creations and canceling books and, you know, kicking people off of characters they just created and immediately throwing those characters into other things and having someone else write them and stuff like that. And they're like, but yeah, you know, that's expected. It's Marvel. But that's not, like, that doesn't make it okay. Stupid writers. You shouldn't be upset about this. It's Marvel. Duh. That you know? doesn't and it's make like, it okay. Exactly. It's like, okay, but that's the thing that should change, right? Like we should. Exactly. I don't expect Marvel to like, cool, you created this character, you get 50% of every book that he's attached to sales forever. forever. But, like, there has to be better contractual deals that can happen around the creation of a character. Yes. Most of these characters are created at behest of Marvel editorial. You know, even if it's not directly said, like, it's not the Stan Lee days of Stan being like, I want a guy who looks like this and this and he does this. And then Jack Kirby and the various others have to go out and do it. And then Stan Lee claims the, <laughs> the credit for it. You know, like um, it's it's but to an extent, it's like, hey, we're going to put you on this title. We'd really like something new and fresh. Yeah. We'd really like you to bring something new to this title. We're really looking for more diversity. You know, yeah, in this we're really looking for know? more diversity. We, you know, we're really hoping this character could have a new love interest. And so they're they're editorial in a way is promoting all these new characters and then being like okay yoink you're going in this disney plus tv show there you go oh i'm sorry you created this character we'll give you a special thanks at the end of the credits you know what i mean it's just and it's like just because something has always been a certain way doesn't mean that it's right and that that certain way shouldn't change. exactly so it's it's this odd tendency we have to look at the people creating or the people working or the people laboring and say, well, what's wrong with you Yeah, that you're upset about this? What's wrong with you that you're not going back to your job? What's wrong with you that you're taking the easy way out, quote unquote? Yeah. And, but it, maybe instead we need to look at the system, yep. is what I'm saying. Absolutely. I think Substack could be a healthy thing for the comic book industry. Because there's a lot of stuff going on right now that isn't great. O overproducing is happening again yep we're getting very drastically into like 90s numbers of publications Ugh. um creators are getting dicked out of their you know contracts and their projects and stuff's getting ripped away from them and stuff's not happening and it's just it's it's a tough zone to navigate right now it sucks you know the people who do it love it and, you know, they have friends in the industry and there's a huge, very healthy community of comic book creators.
both in and out of the corporate world. But there's a lot of shady corporate stuff happening. And I think Substack could be a good catalyst for change in that. Agreed. And I'm just kind of interested to see the quality of work that comes out of it. Yeah. What? You know, let's see what people get to do. Unfettered, untethered individuals, you know. But I don't think it's going to be a Substack killed the paper star kind of thing. No. You know what I mean? I like don't I don't see that happening. Don't give in to the sensationalization of like digital's taking over now. It might it might be something that we have to get used to, but it's it's a ways away. This is new. This is fresh. Just take a breath. Calm yeah. down. Exactly. So. But that's going to do it for us. Yes. Um, that was our rant on Substack. What do you guys think? Let us know on Facebook, Twitter, uh, at Cover B Podcast. You can find older episodes of Key Issues, uh, as well as our regular episodes and various other kind of special, super fun things um, on our website at CoverBPodcast.com. That's right. We're also on Instagram and TikTok if you're looking for little shorts and, and things that get posted about us and, and the podcast itself. Correct. So until next time, we'll catch you back here for another episode of, of Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, everybody. <laughs>